0: Good morning, church. Amen. How many are excited about being here this morning? Raise your hand like this. All right. Half of you. Amen. All right. Well, we are in a new series entitled Overcomers and uh, just been looking forward to this series of messages, especially today. We're going to talk about uh, the curse of comparison. So we've been planning this and we just baptized Sunday after Easter, thought we took care of the business, right? But since then, God has, has brought uh, 11 more people to himself. And so many. it was, started out with just one. We'd go and baptize one. Wouldn't interrupt with our series. But then the Lord says, ah, we're not going to go through with your plans. We're going to go through with my plans. He just kept adding people, getting saved. And so we're real excited about what God's doing at real life. Amen. I, I realize this is the beginning of the vacation so take your vacations and do all that but go on the on the podcast and listen to the messages so you don't miss especially next next Sunday on the comparison I'm telling you it's fantastic when you look at uh, how much we compare ourselves with each other and the Bible says that is stupid <laughs> that amazing it's ignorant as we're going to see today to compare ourselves because it gets us discouraged it gets us defeated and so we're going to talk a little bit about that but but let's first go to the Lord in Prayer and ask God to be with us as we go through this. We really want the Holy Spirit to open our hearts this morning to His Word. we got so many things going on in our lives. I mean, with graduation and all this stuff taking place, we need to just stop. Let the Lord minister to our hearts. Father, we come to you this morning. We are so grateful for the fact that you love real life and that you have shown up in a marvelous way and touched people's hearts and lives. And uh, Father, I pray also that it as we celebrate today these new lives and their commitment to follow you, Father, we also want to say that there might be somebody here that has never made that decision to trust in what you did on the cross for their sins. They may have never trusted in your blood as their payment. And so, Father, we pray today um, that they they would contemplate, they would think about this seriously and understand that, That heaven and hell are in the balance. And and not just that, a relationship, abundant life is right at their fingertips. So, Father, we pray that you would just bless in a tremendous way today. Open our hearts to your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Open your Bibles, if you will, to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Uh, Again, overcoming the curse of comparison. Okay, comparison. Now, it is it is very uh, strange that the Bible would tell us not to compare ourselves to our, ourselves because that's what we do. It says, oh, don't worry. We won't dare say that, that we are as wonderful as those other men who tell you how important they are. But they are only comparing. Now, this is the Word of God. They are only comparing... Notice what the next verse says themselves with each other that's what they're doing using themselves as the standard of measurement how ignorant now i like the other one of the other translations that says that this is stupid now you don't really get to say that in church much so i'm really i'm really loving this all right it's stupid to compare ourselves with each other because what kind of standard is that We walk around with this invisible measuring stick. We run around and we measure people, and it makes us feel two ways. It makes us feel inferior or superior. And neither one of them pleases God. It doesn't honor God whatsoever. All right, so I want you to write this down. Uh, Contentment ends when comparison begins contentment ends now we all strive for contentment amen we all want this peace in our lives but it ends when we begin to compare ourselves because we compare ourselves with uh, ourselves in, in all of these different areas and it discourages us it defeats us god has called us to run our race and we're going to get into that in that few minutes stay in our lane not to jump over it'd be like me m- jumping over to michael jordan's lane and thinking i can be a michael jordan or Peyton Manning. Or Stephen Curry. I mean, have you ever seen him play? Oh, it's crazy. He's the pure, I mean, dribbling and the purest shooter I've ever seen. He, he's almost as good as Larry Bird. Can I hear an amen? <laughs> Larry Bird was 15 miles where I, where I was growing up, and it was just fantastic to watch him play in college. Never seen anything like that. All right. Actually, Stephen Curry's better. All right, so the point is this, Okay we compare ourselves and that contentment ends preachers are doing this like crazy today in our generation and they get discouraged because well how many did you run how many people got baptized how many people they're always comparing rather than running the race that God has called a preacher to run okay so so contentment ends when comparison begins write this other phrase down there is no win in comparison. There's no win in comparison. Again, this is only going to be an introduction this morning because we've got some stuff to celebrate, but there's, there's no win in comparison. Let me give you a couple examples. When I first met Judy, all right? Now, we were 6th grade sweethearts, 5th and 6th grade sweethearts, all right? And, uh, you know, that's she grew up in this good Christian home, so I had to be a distance away, try to give her a promise ring. She said, no, my daddy won't accept it. So I said, okay, how about a kiss? Fifth grade, right? She says, oh, my daddy would never let me do that. So, but I gave her a promise ring anyway. And uh, so I moved away for a few years, came back when I was 17, was in this car lot on a Sunday night, and here's Judy. Now, she cut her hair above her ear, so I had no clue who this woman was. All right? She was with this guy. He was at least 6'5". His name was Mark. It's a high school student had this full beard. Now, mind you, he was built like a wedge. And here I was, 160 pounds, soaking wet. Here she comes over running, Timmy, Timmy, Timmy. You know, huh? Who is this girl? Finally, it dawned on me who it was. But right behind her was this big monster of a man. All right? Hair everywhere. It's like, and my brother taught me when I was, when I was younger, that the way you have, looks like you got a mustache, is grab mascara and and has anybody ever did that besides me you, No, seriously you've done that before right no i, I was we would do that because it'd make you look like you had you know the like peach fuzz got real dark you know and so here i am with this guy it's like and she's all over me you know timmy 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 i mean so she gets my phone number and you know she hunts me down like a hound dog and then we got married praise god you know all that good stuff but i really felt intimidated inferior to this massive man because it was huge and and had hair and you know i'm thinking my mind, i'm serious you know i don't have any hair i mean you ever see every year every year i try to grow a beard you you see that right and it's always a holy beard all right there's no hair anywhere so i feel this intimidation so so i felt inferior let's let's fast forward a few years now, I'm, I'm being transparent, so I want you to be transparent. Let the Lord work in your life, all right? Open your heart up. So I felt inferior. I'm at the gym, right? And there's this banker named Clark, great friend of mine. And he is one of those jokesters, always teasing. So we're back in the, you know, we lo- I love the steam room. And, of course, you take your shirts off. And this guy, Clark, has hair on his back. When he dries off, it just stands up on his shoulders, on his... I mean, just hair everywhere. And he's always teasing me. So one day we're sitting in the steam room and I i said, do you mind if I call you Harry Clark? Do you mind? He said, i You know, because we're... And I said, because I'm having a hard time keeping... I just want to pet that. Right? I just want to pet, you know. So how did I feel? Well, I was glad then... You see the, the difference? I was glad that I didn't have... And, 'Cause I remember asking him, do you have to shave that? I mean, what 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 goes on there, you know? Well, how do you keep that? He says, just like leg hair, Fleener. Come on. You know. Great guy though, great great friend of mine. But the, the point is, we're constantly comparing ourselves with each other. And it doesn't please God. First Corinthians and chapter ten fifteen and verse ten. You can read it on it on the screen if you want to. But the Bible says this. Paul is specifically stating in the King James, he says this, I am what I am by the grace of God. I am what I am by the grace of God. Paul says, you know, the Corinthians were upset with Paul because he, he didn't have this flamboyant uh, ability to preach. and He wasn't this great looking guy, you know. And, and, and uh, so they were always comparing him and wanted this other preacher and didn't, didn't think he was this greatest apostle. And Paul, was, Paul came to his defense, and he, his defense and he says, I'm not them. I am what I am by the grace of God. All of us have been created with certain gifts, certain skills, and certain talents. All right? Again, God has not called me to be a Stephen Curry or a Larry Bird, a Pate Manning, or Billy Graham. He's called me to plant churches. In this little lane, he's called me to run in. I'm not to change lanes and try to be a Billy Graham. I'm not to change lanes and be somebody else. I have to be who he's created me be. The talents, the gifts, the abilities that I have, that's all I got. And the Holy Spirit working these and ministering and touching people's lives. I have to stay in my lane. I can't compare myself. I was just in Georgia a couple of weeks ago. And we went by and, and um, uh, what's that big preacher's name in Georgia. Andy Stanley, come on. How did you know that? Okay, Andy Stanley. It, it was, so we drove by his church. Now he's got he's got this main entry, but he's got four big old auditoriums on all sides. And so he fills it up. There's like 30,000. And so, you know, you never know where he's going to show up so nobody can just run to that one. So he just goes around. So he, he goes to this one and he preaches to eight thousand. Goes over here and preaches to eight thousand. And he's got multi services, so you can just imagine. So I go away from there, thanking the Lord that He called me to where I am. I don't have to juggle all of that around, you know. But I can't be an Andy Stanley. Guess what? He can't be a Tim Fleener. I can't be running my race constantly. Look behind me. Constantly look and see if I'm, who's on this side. I've got to constantly be focusing on the goal in front of me which is the Lord, and he's given me the gifts and the talents that I have. So not only has he given me and called me with these abilities, look at 1 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 17, okay? He's actually called me to a specific calling. Each of you should continue to live in whatever situation the Lord has placed you and remain as you were when God first called you. Now, notice that God called you. This is my rule for all the churches. Now I want to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 19. Let's look at that one too, along with this one. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer continue accounting people's sin against them. That's powerful, but we're not going to look at that. And has given us, who's the word us in this context? It's every person that has been reconciled. That's all that had been saved. All of us has given us this wonderful message of reconciliation. I really like the King James because it says God has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That means every single person that's saved, they are a minister. There's no separation of pastor and people. We're all ministers of Jesus Christ. So not only has, has He chosen me, to be his voice, but he's given us the specific calling in life. All right. He created me with certain gifts, certain talents, and he's called me to do a specific job in life. And that is to reach out and minister to people and bring people to the Lord Jesus Christ. give, Give me that ministry of reconciliation. But again, when we measure ourselves amongst ourselves, we feel inferior or superior. And social media has really built this up. Thank God for social media. But what happens is you look on Facebook and you're scrolling through and how many ever, like my wife has this friend. She's not my friend, but she has this friend. And I don't even know why we're friends with her. I mean, literally five or six times a year, she's in Florida. You ever seen that I just don't like this woman. Every time you, every time she takes a shot, you see her feet in the ocean. Anybody ever seen that shot before? Why do they do that? I mean, every time, I mean, it's, and it's four or five times a year. It's like, what does that guy do? What does she do? You know, so it makes me, it, it makes me mad, right? How many people like that do with to you? You just. You just your flesh just rises up. Now again, we're being transparent. All right? Don't sit there and say you're holier than me because you ain't. Okay? We are people. This is the way we are. Now, I'm kidding you about liking, but it does frustrate you. You see those feet. I mean, and then I thought, oh, well, maybe that's the only good-looking thing about her. You know, I thought maybe that might be the thing. I don't know. You know? That's all she's taking is her feet. You know? These these crazy things just go through your mind. It's like me wanting to pet that guy. I mean, it's just crazy stuff. Okay, so what happens? You get angry. Or you think, oh well, I'm glad I'm not in that position. You ever, you ever had? You ever have a guy that? Uh, you ever have a, a good-looking guy, just rubs you wrong because there's nothing. Everything about him is wonderful. anybody ever had something like that? I mean, they can sing. You know, they're good looking. I mean, got the abs. I mean, anybody, anybody know anybody? Corey's like that back there, you know. And then, and then all of a sudden you hear, you hear, uh, oh, they had a car wreck? Huh. Any facial damage? Huh. I'm, I'm just kidding. But I mean, sometimes we celebrate people's downfalls because we we, we have this sinful nature. The whole point is this is a curse. All right, we're just being honest. This is a curse that we have to get a hold of. This is what happens when we look at social media. Now, this is this is fantastic for those of us that are, look at social media and get discouraged. All right, and look at other people and get discouraged. They're showing their highlights. They're showing you the highlight reels. While you're living behind the scenes in your daily life. They're not going to show you, you know, that they're going to work every single day and they hate their jobs. And they just have to drag themselves to work. They're not showing. There's no one that has it all together. No one. We are all broken people. We're all coming to the Lord to help us to live the life that He's called us to live and really have this abundant life while we reach out and try to help others have this abundant life. That's our goal in life. That should be our calling. And not get wrapped up. Because I'm telling you, I have so many friends. I'm a church planner, so, you know, we start small and then you grow a little bit. But so many, when their churches aren't growing, they get their whole life is destroyed. But that's not what God called them to do some people have 90 60 and 30 talent i know where mine's at mine's below 30 i know that i i, I have a problem with that he created me that way embrace it i'll never be a charles stanley as much as i love his preaching and it ministers to me these guys are fantastic i'm just i'm like wow that was good but i understand and i thank god That he picked me up out of the miry clay and set my feet upon a rock and he established my going. He pointed, this is the way, Tim. Go this way. Don't look over and lust after other people's things. Don't don't covet other people's things. Now, we're going to get into this and what we're going to talk about next week is we're going to talk about the curse of comparison, the cause and the cure of comparison next week. Again, I don't want to apologize that we can't jump into this because God is doing some great things. Okay, there's a lot of people's lives that are being changed, and we're begging God for a discipler because people are getting saved and we need them to grow further. Can I hear an amen? We don't want them to stay in this baby. This this church is full of babies. All right, we want people to mature and grow. Well, we need somebody to step beside us that have already that that knows how to do that and then raise them up. I've been doing it for years, so we're we're really. Asking God to bless us with that. So, if you want to go back and get the kids, and I'll talk a little bit more about what's going on. We want to celebrate today. Salvation. People trusting Christ. In the the book of Luke. In the book of Luke, the Bible says that when somebody here on earth gets saved, they receive Jesus Christ as their Savior. The Bible says, Heaven breaks open... And this huge party there's a huge celebration over one sinner that repents so if heaven's going to celebrate over one sinner that repents why not down here we celebrate over one sinner that repents can i hear an amen Amen. and that's what we want to do this morning these guys these guys god has reached down It's, it's like when i got saved 50 million years ago all right I mean, I remember in, in my bedroom and, and God opening my eyes and, and understanding that he all I had to do was reach out and receive Him as my Savior. Trust in what He did on the cross as my as the payment for my sin. Mean, that's all I had to do for salvation, and I did. And then somebody showed me in the Bible, you're supposed to get baptized, so that, that night they showed me, I ran the aisle. I was the only one baptized that night. I don't care. I want to get baptized because the book says so. Because I was tired of what men said we're saying, and I stuck with this book. So, there's a major celebration. Several people have gotten saved. Others have decided they're going to follow the Lord in baptism. But the majority of people getting saved are getting baptized this morning have just recently been saved, and we're going to talk about their story. But the second thing we want to celebrate is the fact that baptism is a picture of what God did inside. It's a it's an outward picture of an inward work. Okay? When God reached down and saved these, these people, now baptism is the picture of the death and the burial and the resurrection to new life that these guys are are going to start calling. But, but that's just the outward testimony that I am now a child of God. That's what they're going to do. But more than that, I want you to understand, I've talked to these guys, more than that, this is... I'm no longer just going to live the life I've always lived. I make a decision to follow him. Follow him. Okay, the Bible talks about going to all the world make disciples. That means followers. Well, the first first step to make a follower is they've got to be saved. So they get saved. The second says, and then it says, make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then teaching them to observe all the things that He's commanded. So these guys, this morning, they're making a major commitment that not only have I been saved, but also they they're making this testimony that I am going to follow Christ. I'm going to get in His Word, and I'm going to follow what He tells me to do. Okay. And so there's eleven people this morning that are going to get baptized, and uh, but I just want to, I just want to real quickly. Kids are still coming, so we have plenty of time. Is uh, kind of go through what they have done in case you're here and you've never trusted Jesus Christ. You know, first of all, they came to realize that they were sinners. Now, that's a pretty easy assumption in the world we live in today. The Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But you really have to understand I'm a sinner, we're all sinners. Okay. Number two, the Bible says, this is something they realize, and that is, there's a payment for sin. There's a wage. Romans 6.23 says, the wages of sin is death. Now, that, if you look at the context of that verse, it's talking about eternal death. So there's a consequence for our sin, and that is separation from God forever. That's the bad news. The good news is that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And so they realize that when Jesus died on the cross, that blood that he shed, was that, that was for them and their sin. Now, most everybody understands these three. But the Bible says in 1 John chapter 1, verse 12, as many as receive him, to them gave he the right to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Jesus Christ died on the cross for the sins of the whole world. Second, 1 John chapter 2, verse 2 says this. He is the payment or the propitiation for our sins, but not for ours only, but for the sins of the whole world. Now, there's other verses that say that he died for the church, and that's fantastic. But this verse says he died for all mankind. So when they realize that Jesus Christ has died for their sins, they basically, all of them, Literally reached out and received Jesus Christ as their Savior, trusted in what He did on the cross two thousand years ago for their sin, and instantly, when they prayed, they were born spiritually. They were born in God's family. Each and every one of these did that this morning. So, so this is huge. This is they're their stepping out. So every time. They get baptized, when they go under, I want you to really celebrate for them because it's a huge decision, but just not only today, but let's continually, all right, be praying for them. Oh, offering? Yeah, let's do the offering right now. Kids are not coming. I don't know why they're not coming yet. Somebody get those kids in the gear. There you go. All right, let's take the offering real quick as they are coming in. If you don't mind, let's do that. Instead of waiting until the end of the service. Ushers, come ahead. All right, let's 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 pray. Have a word of prayer over the offering. Father, we just pray that you would bless this offering. Use it for your glory as we try to reach those that are unchurched in this city, those that don't know you. Just use it for your glory, for your honor, and to bring people to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord bless you this morning as you give. All right?